Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Um, we've been on this series last week. I shared a message. Um, three things you can go back and listen to that I, uh, I do to take care of myself. Your spiritual walk is your responsibility. None of us are called to drag you to the end. We're called to run this race together. Okay? Well, now, we can encourage each other. We can pick each other up. But nobody has enough strength in themselves to drag another person. Uh, that, that is not my calling as a pastor to try to drag you guys into heaven. I want to give you the tools, and I want to give you the encouragement, and I want to give you the, the, um, the vision for your life so that you can run your race. But you've got to do your best with the Lord to take care of yourself and allow him to work in you. And so I shared three things last week. One of them was I give 100% of myself um, to my walk with God. I'm not perfect, but I'm committed to knowing God, not just playing church. The next thing, I give 100% of myself to my calling. God has called me to something. And so even though my life is busy and, you know, my wife and I, we have five children, we have a baby, She's a bossy baby. She's awesome, but she's bossy. She'll be like, move. No. And I'm like, you're one and a half. What's your problem, kid? You know, and I work. I'm committed to my calling. And I'm committed to showing up here and committed to to being involved in people's lives. And I can't be who God wants me to be unless I'm committed to that. And then I'm 100% committed to my family. You know, uh, I'm not a perfect husband, and I'm certainly not a perfect father. um, But I'm committed to doing my best and, you know, it's hard sometimes, you know, our house is, is uh, my kids are great kids, but you get all seven of us together and a bunch of crazy, loud, half-Cuban kids and Puerto Rican kids, and it's just, they're loud, and they yell at each other, and, um, but, but that's two things about Cubans, we're loud and we can swim really well, and so that's, we went in the, we went in the lake on Friday, and my wife was like, put a life preserver on, and they're like, we don't need one, mommy, we're home, and they jumped in there, and they, they swam around, and um, we're not worried. You know, I was like, we could float here for days. It's, we're fine, babe. Um, it's true. She was like, but it's deep. And I'm like, we're not going down. We're sitting right here, right on top. But uh, the other thing I want to talk about is we're going to have, over the next few weeks, um, some other people come in and share what they do. These are people that are in our church that share what they do to take care of themselves spiritually. Because everybody's different. What works for me may not work 100% for you. And so what these guys do, we're going to have two guys come up and share today. Uh, They're going to share how they keep themselves fresh because it's their walk with God. It's not Chris's walk with God through them. They are on this journey with me, as are so many of you in this room. We're on this journey together, and what works for one may not work for the other. Um, And it's all about doing the things that you need to do to take care of yourself. Thursday, I'm driving home from work, and it's been super hot, right? It's been ridiculously hot. I work a full-time job. I got in the car about 6 o'clock, heading home to work, and the car had been in the sun all day, and, you know, the AC comes on, and, like, you're just sitting there starting to sweat, you know, because it's just hot, and you're, I'm driving from downtown Columbia back over here to Lexington, and I'm on 26, and then all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, the most amazing thing happened inside my car this wall of liquid just came up. 
this can that I had bought in the morning. I've been drinking monster energy drinks. And I know they're not good for me, but they taste good and they wake me up. But what wakes you up more is when you're driving on 26 and one just explodes. And it exploded while I'm on the highway, and it went right into my face and all over my headliner. And that junk stings. And it burns. And I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, I should open my eyes. So I open my eyes, and I'm like doing that thing and trying to get the tears out. And, and it, the car was messed up. So, you know, I tweeted them, and I complained, and they're sending me some free stuff. And, um, because that's what you got to do nowadays. You get on there and you just send them the pictures. Like, look what happened. And, um, but that can, you know, in the right environment, that can would never do that. That can got put, I put it in an environment where it was just way too hot, way too much pressure, and it just exploded. And it's not designed for that. You need to figure out how to change the environment of your life so that you don't just explode and you don't just blow up that you put yourself in the right spiritual environment, which some of that is coming to church, some of that is getting in a small group, some of that is having an accountability thing, so that you don't just take the pressures of life because, you know what, it does get hot and it does get, you know, you do get full of pressure and and things do happen, and I don't want to see you explode. I don't want to see myself explode. I'm, like, working through this myself because I feel the pressures of life. And I'm trying to deal with it. And I'm talking to my wife, and I'm saying, hey, I'm not perfect. And my wife is, she's just so great. And as we were talking about this, you know, she loves me anyway. And um, her biggest thing, she, she's, a, she's a great, wonderful, intelligent person. And she said something when we were talking about self-care a few weeks ago. She said, we wouldn't need to focus so much on self-care if we didn't practice so much self-harm. I was like, dang, baby, that's deep. Let me write that down. Yeah. And so it came out, and I think that's what it is. It's all about the environment that you're in. And so these gentlemen are going to come up. Gerald is going to come up first. Everybody welcome Gerald. And they're going to share what they do to take care of themselves. Hello, hello. We're going to jump right into this. Um, Can you go ahead and throw that scripture up there for me? I don't want to waste no time. I want to get jump into this. This is 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I am big time into fitness. Um, um, this, me being on earth going on 41 years now, I would say the better half of my life I have been involved in teaching, training, martial arts. Um, Some of you in here are black belts. Thank you, black belts. Yeah, yeah. Um, But but I think I've probably been doing it longer than some of y'all been born. So I've been around the block a little bit. But the opportunities I've gotten through there have not just shaped me physically, but has also shaped me mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I was blessed to have a karate instructor who happened to be a pastor also. And he used it to minister to me. Today I want to talk about building a strong foundation with fitness that will keep your mind razor sharp, your soul sharp, and your body sharp to be conducive, but at the same time to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit needs to do for you. For years, can you throw those pictures up for me? For years, um, these are some pictures. By the way, this is Zane, not the swamp thing or a mud monster. That is Zane. Yeah, he's upstairs right now. He'd probably be a little embarrassed if I showed that. 
That's me carrying a big old 120-pound stone. Can you throw the other ones up there for me real quick? The next pictures. These are, my, these are some of my kids. I got four in my little tribe I got going on. Izzy's the littlest one. There's Hannah. And then the next one. Next picture. Hello. Here we go. There's Malachi, and there's all three of them. You can leave it right there for me. And there's all three of them running at the end of their first little Spartan race, and they killed it. They, they butchered the course. It was awesome. Um, but I can also speak into this today. Being physically fit is one thing, but using it as a purpose to keep you razor sharp for what God is intending you to do, that is my calling. And I, I've known that for years. Um, I can go back to story upon story upon story upon story how I've encountered things in life that just would wreck me. And I always fell back to what my foundation was. In martial arts, we, our, our foundation is, in, you know, in Taekwondo, we teach stances first, strong legs that we can build upon that and kick and punch and move effectively. Because if you've got weak legs, you bend over, you can't breathe real well, all of a sudden you, you don't feel like your arms feel like they're heavy, like 100 pounds a piece, you can't punch anymore. Physically, your body will give out before your mind does in most cases. Yeah, it's, it's pretty evident running these Spartan races where you watch these athletes run They'll run, 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 run. Their bodies are shutting down, but their mind is saying, go, 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 go. But their body is shutting down. It's very evident that if we don't take care of our bodies, as the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians, it is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives at. If we don't take care of it, then we're, we're letting the foundation where God dwells in crumble. It makes us weak. And if we all know anything about construction, we have a weak foundation. The house will not stand. Walls crumble down. The sheetrock cracks. The foundation has cracks in it. Creepy crawlies can come in and get inside the house. You can have leaks from the roof. And next thing you know, you're in a condemned home. It's very much like that with us here when it comes to that. Um, one of the key points I want to put out when it comes to a, a fitness journey is what I like calling it. Because everyone's fitness is different. Everybody's like, well, I work out all the time and I don't see any results. Okay, maybe you need to change the way you're working out. Maybe you're already where God needs you to be at. Those aren't, those aren't like things people want to hear me say, but those are the answers I give back when they, when they kind of throw those kind of comments out to me. To me, fitness is a statement of faith. That's point number one. Fitness is a statement of faith. Everyone in here is at different, different fitness levels. Everyone you, you associate with outside of here is at different fitness levels. I'm not saying because I can do 100 push-ups, you should do 100 push-ups. Absolutely not. What I tell my students all the time is I want, if I say, give me 100 push-ups, their goal is 100, I want you to give me everything you've got. Because you're putting enough faith in the fact that I'm willing to push you, that something good is going to happen in return. You have to remember, any progress is progress. You, you don't achieve these goals from a fitness level or foundation level overnight. It takes time. It's no different than getting in your word every day and spending time in prayer every day. It's a discipline. It's a want and a desire and a yearning to be better with God just as it is in fitness. That's the parallel for me. And that, that puts me in a position of being a teacher and coach for so many years now that I can turn around and parallel that in my studio or whether it's fitness or Spartan racing or martial arts. I want people to have a solid foundation physically, but just more importantly, just a solid foundation spiritually that when things get rough and nasty, that they have that root, they have that word, they have that, that discernment, that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that will drive them past it at the same time. 
So fitness is, is a statement of faith. If you're willing to put time into it, if you're willing to grind things out, if that means that you can only do five good push-ups, then you do five good push-ups. And then a week later, maybe you try for six and seven. It's a statement of faith that if you put the work in, if you grind out, God's going to make good on the other end. And that's the, that's the thing. And yes, that's from a fitness standpoint, but from a life standpoint, that's where this really gets cool at. If you're willing to put the time into reading his word every day and spending time with him every day, you will see blessings and prayers that you've asked for to be answered. It might not be in the time you want it to be, but it will happen because you are at your statement of faith in, in, in your walk with him saying, okay, I'm, I'm with you. But the results, the fruit of the, all that labor is on him. I tell people all the time inside the studio, whether it's a fitness class or our or, or, our small group we have on Mondays, shameless plug, that if you're willing to put the time in, you will see progress some way, say, perform. It might not be what you want. It might be what God intends. Understand that. There's a difference. Uh, let's go to ne- uh, the next two scriptures. Or the first one, I should say. Zechariah. All right. There's one thing about putting yourself out there and working out and, and putting as a statement of faith as your fitness level. There's a point that we can, you can become settled. Um, I know I got, like I said, there's a couple black belts in here. Um, there's a point that you get your black belt, you think you're kind of done. When really, all honestly, you haven't really begun to do anything. The first thing I learned when I got my black belt is the, when the following week I showed back up at class, my instructor told me, he said, now it's time to start learning. I had to go back and relearn every single thing I did for five years straight to improve upon it, to make it better, but be able to translate it to somebody else, to be able to pass that knowledge on so they in turn can learn and maybe do the same thing. He taught us discipleship through martial arts. Well, that means also not settling for where you're at. Sometimes we tend to get, and from a fitness standpoint, we like settling. And right here, this really hits it. This is... This third I will put in the fire. This is, called, this is dealing with the refiner's fire scripture. The third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people. They will say the Lord is God. Can you go to the next scripture? It should be First Peter. There we go. In 1 Peter 5.10, it says, And the God of all grace who called you into his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered let me say that, after you have suffered a little while, didn't say suffer forever, suffer for a little while, my, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So those are words of encouragement to me because I know in my times of life when I ran into really hard, hard times, times where I felt depressed, didn't want to live, I could always go back to the word and know that I'm going to suffer just for a little while, but himself will restore and make me strong. That's how I read that. I needed those words many times in my life. And those are words I have to transfer to my students. That's why physically fit, fit the fitness aspect of it is such a key thing to me. Like when I've always had issues, I always go back to that. I can remember times when I've shown up in my karate studio at 3 o'clock in the morning, pull a bag out, and beat on the bag until my hands are bloody. Now you're, you're like, that's a, little, that's a little harsh, Pastor G. That's kind of violent. It's better the bag than somebody else. But I can also remember those times when I'm in there beating on that bag and I'm calling out to God every strike of that bag. It's like, why? What, what do you need from me? 
And by the end of the night, yes, my hands are bloody, but by the end of the night, I have a sense of overwhelming peace because he ministered to me through that time. I can go all the way back to a time where I was so frustrated and so hurt, not sure what was going on because my little girl had to have surgeries where I hop on a treadmill and 55 minutes and 33 seconds later, I'm eight and a half miles in crying and worshiping, talking to God while running my heart out on the treadmill and not realizing where I, how many miles I've gone and look down with a sense of peace knowing that what she has to endure is not about me. It's my job to, to tell her she's strong and watch her flourish through it. And you saw a picture of her running a Spartan race, not even a year, a year after her final surgery, removing pins. That's her story to tell somebody. I had to learn that the hard way. But right through the fitness thing, I jumped in. To me, fitness is a way of testing myself and pushing myself, pushing my limits. And that's key, too, with these past two scriptures. Learning not to settle. We settle in our walk in faith sometimes. We're like, okay, I come to church. I'm good. I pray. I worship. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. When really, you're not. Don't get me wrong. You might be blessed. You might see prayers answered. But God's always got more for you. You can't settle for, he's blessed me and everything's, everything's great. I feel pretty good. I feel, pretty, I feel peace right now. Yeah. Do you not realize there's more? There's an abundance waiting for us constantly. And, if, and this point, too, is it's not selling. In, fa- in fitness or in our walk in faith, especially when it comes to refining fire, after you've suffered a little while, Suffering, sometimes it's pushing yourself beyond your point and limit and from a physical standpoint. Like, I, I, I'll talk about Zane here. Like, Zane's never ran a Spartan race before. I talked him into it. I, I'm pretty good about talking to people and stuff. I talked him into doing something crazy. He's never ran anything like this before. Took him on a three-and-a-half-mile run, picking heavy things up and knowing things and doing crazy stuff. And at the end of it, he's like, man, that was awesome. But he was also disappointed at the same time because he really didn't do that well. He got really muddy. But it lit a fire in him that he realized that he can push himself harder than he's ever been pushed before. And now all he, half the conversations we have, other than talking about how, you know, spiritually things are going on, is like, hey, you got a bucket for me so I can carry it? Hey, like, when are we going to work out? Hey, 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 hey. As happy as I am about that, I'm more happy with the fact that it's created an opportunity to watch someone push themselves beyond a limit and watch God do the rest. You don't know what you're capable of. Pushing and stretching past your limits to achieve more than you ever thought possible, that cultivates an attitude of faith. You're exercising your faith muscle when you decide to do things like that. Don't get me wrong. It sounds crazy. Okay, Zane, you just did really good at a four-mile race. Next one's the eight-mile with 30 obstacles. You good? Yeah. He has no clue what he's getting himself into. But he trusts me. And we go out there. He trains, he works hard, and he, go out, he goes out there and murders the course. He does so good. Like, I, I'm proud of him. Like, he did great, even with a bum leg and everything and just overhydrating and everything. Like, he, he did awesome. Better than he expected. To me, all of a sudden, that, that, that light bulb popped on that he can honestly achieve more if you're willing to stretch and push yourself beyond your limits. If you never test your limits... How, you know, how do you know what you're really made out of? You don't. And I'll say this from a martial arts standpoint. It, I've trained 
and taught for over 20 years. I've been doing it for almost 23 years. Been in real fights, been in competitive fights, fought, U not UFC, but I've fought MMA fights, cage fighting. We'll, we'll put it that way. Been there and done it. I will tell you something. You can train your heart out like crazy, but until you've actually been in a real fight where the person across from you, their job is to knock you out and your job is to knock them out, or have you ever actually ever been in a real fight and been attacked before, if none of those things have ever happened to you, you honestly do not know how you're going to react. I teach that to my fighters first and foremost. That way I can help train them physically for what's going to happen, but I can train them mentally and emotionally what's going to happen also. Because then they, we can get those things right. What happens is, is spiritually in a situation like that or a spiritual fight, they don't react based off emotion. They, re they react based off their thought process and their faith process. You just don't know. If you don't push yourself, it's hard to cultivate an, an attitude of faith. Let's put it this way. If... Until I told Zane after the eight mile, all right, next one's a beast, 13 miles. Let's do it. He was all gung-ho and everything. All of a sudden, they decided to move it to a mountain race. That's even worse. There was a little hesitation in his voice, a little bit of sense of fear. I'll tell you this. Fear sometimes is the greatest ally you can ever have, but it can also be your worst enemy. Fear it can drive you past into greatness, or fear can hold you back from it. In this case, he's going to take fear and drive past it. He's going to put the work in, and he's going to let God do the rest. And that's what, to me, a fitness thing is. Self-care is huge, and my wife is this. Like, if I don't work out, I get grumpy. I get irritable. I am, like, hangry, but not hangry. It's workout angry. Like, I need it. It's time for me to reflect. It's time for me to, to, to be with God. It's another, to me, it's another act of worship. And be able to impart in the, the wisdom and drive and help other people is a huge benefit to me. But it's, a, but it's a more blessing to them because I get the opportunity to see them push past their limits and cultivate this attitude of faith and their fitness journey and, and turn around and watch and impart to other people. And it creates an opportunity for you to learn and greet and know other people. Thank you. Hey guys, uh, I'm Caleb. Um, I do martial arts as well, and uh, it's, it's definitely true. I was, one of the things I was going to talk about, actually, it's, it's funny, we don't always know what the other person's going to talk about. Um, and I was going to talk about the kind of relationship between um, your body and, and, and your spiritual walks. A lot of people, a lot of people separate those things out. They don't think that one has anything to do with the other. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, um, I want to start in Matthew 4. So Matthew 4 is an interesting passage for me. Jesus is in the wilderness. This is a very common passage. A lot of people know this passage where Jesus goes out into the wilderness for how many days? How long did the Israelites wander around the wilderness? Okay, so something's going on here. What's happening is Jesus is coming out into the wilderness. He's fulfilling where Israel failed. Okay, so Israel goes out into the wilderness, right? They get taken out of where? Egypt. They get taken out of Egypt, and they go into the wilderness, and they begin to starve. What do they do? They grumble, get mad at God. 
they lose faith in God. They don't think God will provide for them, which is crazy because they've just come out of Egypt with how many plagues? Ten plagues. You see the, the water turned to blood. You see the hail. You see the death of the firstborn. You see the death of cattle. You see God wage just holy war on an entire nation. And they witness all of this. They part through the Red Sea. The waters open up. They cross. They're in the desert. And then they go, I don't think God's got this. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to drop the ball. I think we're all going to starve out here. And they complain. And so Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, goes out into the wilderness for 40 days. This is 40 days of fasting. This is 40 days of heat. Who's been in the heat? Hot week. Oh, my gosh. Amen? Hot week. 40 days he's in the wilderness. So uh, this is uh, chapter 4, Matthew. Then Jesus went. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. That's important, by the way. I'm going to tell you, sometimes in my life, I've been led into the wilderness by God. Looking back on it now, I see that God was leading me into the wilderness. God was leading me into a plane where I would be hungry and I would be thirsty for God. And I'd go, where are you, God? I need you, God. I don't feel you, God. You're far from me, God. I'm dry, God. Where are you? And I'd talk to people and they'd be like, I don't know, bro, you're doing something wrong. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Sometimes we do not recognize our need for God. We are so distracted. Sometimes God in His grace will make us hunger for Him. To be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights... He was hungry. Gerald talked about the physical body. This is a, a tie into the physical body. Satan does not wait until you're strong to begin to tempt you. He'll go after you when you're weak. Oh, I don't know how we're going to pay this bill. I don't know how we're going to make this thing work. I lost my job. I have this problem. I'm feeling sick. I got a bad diagnosis. I'm really tired. I feel spiritually dry. And then Satan will attack. See, God doesn't care about you. God doesn't have you. God doesn't know where you're at. Waited until Jesus was hungry and hot in the desert, and he tempted him. He said, and the tempter came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread lo- or loaves of bread. Right? Jesus can do that. Jesus can do that. Jesus can immediately satisfy his hunger. That's not why he's out there. That's not why he's in the wilderness. That's not what he's doing. He's communing with God. And so what he says is, he doesn't do what the Israelites did. He complains against God. I'm hungry, God. He doesn't do that. What he does is this. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Guys, food's important. <laughs> like physical food's important. And there's many things in life that are important. And Jesus is going to tell us in this book a couple chapters later that our Heavenly Father knows we need them. But let me ask you this question How many of us are starving? turns out the man does not live by bread alone, does not live by physical sustenance alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. Some of us, I'm just going to throw this out there, some of us have been eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch way too long. 
Some of us have been eating Doritos way too long. Some of us have been eating stuff masquerading as food way too long, and your body's starving because you don't have real bread. Man does not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. So, so if you're spiritually dry, if you felt spiritually dry, I've been spiritually dry in my lifetime. Sometimes there's multiple reasons for that. Sometimes it is a sin issue. Sometimes it is a lack of community issue. But sometimes it's God working in your heart to stir your affection for him, to call you to more of himself. Sometimes your hunger is designed to call you to get sustenance. How often do you chew on God's word, consume God's word, meditate on God's word? That's the New Testament. I'll go to the Old Testament real fast and run through this. You can switch it over if you want. Psalm 42. All right. To the choir master, a mascal, to the sons of um, Korah. As a deer pants for flowing water, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? This is David. A lot of people like this verse. They'll quote this verse. I hear this verse a lot. You know, they'll play it at weddings. Oh, it's so beautiful as the deer pants for water. No, 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 no. That deer's dying. Y'all, y'all get that, right? Oh, it's beautiful. No, the deer's dying. It doesn't have any water. It's dying in the wilderness. That's what David says his heart's like. He wants God. He's thirsty for God, but he's dry. He doesn't feel the presence of God. He wants God. He needs God. He thirsts for God. He hungers for God. Where is God? He wants God. Feel that. Jesus, 40 days starving to death, goes, no, I, don't, I don't need food. I just need God. David's the king of the universe. I mean, like de facto king of the universe. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of God's nation, given authority by God to go and take land. And he's starving for God. Sometimes I just I worry that we're eating too much cinnamon toast crunch. Like sometimes I worry that nah, I'm, just, I'm just not the hungry for God. It's cool. It's cool. So my soul pants for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, the God who's there, the God who ever satisfies. When shall I come and appear before Him? My tears have been my food day and night. David's not eating. He's not eating. Put off eating. David's not sleeping. He's so hungry for God. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? People mock him and chastise him. They go, your whole religion's bunk. It's stupid. It doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. You're miserable. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. He remembers time in Christian community that he's no longer in. He's not eating, he's not sleeping, he's not in Christian community, he's feeling dry. 
Why are you cast down on my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from the Mount of Mizmar. Deep calls from deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. His only satisfaction is found in God. And he knows that. He knows that. He knows that the only way he will be satisfied is in the presence of God. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to my rock, why have you forsaken me? Why do I go in mourning? Because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Guys, I've, I've, I've worked through this passage a lot. There's a guy named Martin Lloyd-Jones who actually wrote an entire book on this passage of Scripture. There was a guy in the ancient world named John of the Cross who wrote a whole book called The Dark Night of the Soul. It's about spiritual darkness and depression. What I want us to take away from this, though, what I really want everyone in this room to take away from this, is if you have not felt hungry for God and ever, if you have not felt hungry for God recently, like, what's going on? What's, what's taking up our time? What's taking up our thought lives that we are not hungry for the only sustenance? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. When's the last time we read this? I know it's my, my knee-jerk thing to just tell people, hey, read your Bible, but it changed my entire life. I sat in church for years without reading the Bible, and then one day I opened it and I read it, and I went, this is unreal. Unreal the depth in here. There's unreal the life in here. And there's it's unreal the life God will give you through his word. I don't do so good at wrap up. But I'd like to encourage you if you um if you struggle with reading scripture, if you struggle with communing with God, if you're feeling that spiritual dryness, if right now, even today, just now, something went off in your head that said, I I don't, I don't feel that hunger for God, and that bothers me. Come talk to me. Come talk to Gerald. Come talk to Chris. Because God might right now be an awakening of hunger in you, a hunger for him and a hunger for his word. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much, both of you guys. We appreciate both of you all. And now, I want you to take a, a minute and just want to close your eyes just for a second. And you heard two things that were on the same topic, but they were approached very differently. One was talking about the importance of, of keeping your body healthy. And I think if we were honest, there's some of us in here that, you know, we haven't been treating our bodies like God's temple. I'm not pointing any fingers of judgment. I'm not being mean or trying to make anybody feel bad. But we probably should take care of our physical bodies. God gave them to us, and we should take care of it. And Caleb talked about being hungry for the Lord. Maybe there's some people in here you're not hungry for God. And Caleb was right. Like, what's wrong? Where's your heart? That should scare you. 
you're not hungry for the Lord, the fear of God should grip you because he is everything. Father, I thank you for the people in this room. I pray that you would speak to them. You would show us each individually what we need, God. We, we all go through different things, and we need different things from you. So meet every need in the house. Speak to us clearly. Let our ears be open. Let our eyes see. And help us to know how we can take care of ourselves so that we might be useful to you and bring you glory and bring you honor. Because that's really what we want to do, God, is we want to bring you glory and bring you honor. In Jesus' name. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>